0: Are you ready
1: steady welcome to start line
0: every journey is different but they all start with
1: start line we're here to edutain you about the world of dog agility the sport has changed rapidly in just a few years we have been a part of it
0: join us as we discuss our journeys share our successes laughs and failures
1: we will be joined by special guests and our hope is for you to help us grow the sport we love episode 3 go Kara and Michelle Today's episode is all about entering a trial. This, I don't know how you felt, Michelle, when you entered your first trial, but my brain hurt for days. I was scared. The paperwork was daunting. Finding stuff was difficult. My instructor was super helpful, but also she spoke like, yeah, you just, you know, 50 seconds for this dog and you just show up in I was like, what? Yep. What? How was your experience for your first trial? Do you even remember? I remember mine very clearly. I, I, I'm i sure there were shaky pen marks on that paper. <laughs>
0: well, for me, when I first entered trials, I think the most daunting thing for me, other than the paperwork <laughs> and having to um, mail it. Um, <laughs> online entries. love online entries. Online entries.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs>
0: Filling out all the paperwork, make, I mean, I think I double checked her registration number about a billion times before I actually filled it out. Um, but when I was first entering trials, where I was in New Jersey, trials actually filled opening day for some trials. So I was panicking about making sure I got my entry in on time and making sure I mailed it properly. And then I was actually going to get in. That was my biggest worry. I oh, think yeah, that I a was panic. Entering.
1: We only have that for a couple of trials up yeah. here. In a popular facility here we have that where you literally have to mail it the day before it opens because you can't get there if you read the premiums they usually say you know not accepted before 10 a.m um -hmm. and then entries close at 6 p.m on the closing date so well let's let's, so let's get into that so (laughs) finding the premium that could be a whole nother episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) um If you do not have a trial secretary in your area that you are familiar with that is covering a particular trial you want to enter, oh, let's back the truck up. Okay, finding trials. The best place to find trials, particularly again, hyper focused on AKC. Um, Michelle, you can open. You know, yeah, we do a lot of AKC. Yeah, you can let us know about USA. I can let you know about UKI. But AKC, you just go to the website. You go to the event search. It's relatively easy. They've improved it a bit. Um, Yeah. You can even download a whole little set. You can choose your dates. You can choose your states. Um, however, that tells you where the trials are. That tells you the club hosting them. But have you noticed, Michelle, they don't always tell you who the trial secretary is. Yeah. So and finding- you don't always have the premium. Correct. The premium is not usually on the AKC site. And what do we mean by premium? Premium is the list of everything that is going to happen at the trial, the run order, the judge, the location, whether there's food or not, the ribbons, everything you could possibly need to know is in that precious little premium. They're not easy to find. So hopefully you have a good secretary in your area. We have a couple of them. They make finding their premiums relatively easy. Otherwise, um, because I do travel outside of my area, I'm going to Ohio in April. Um, we're in Massachusetts, by the way. For those of you that do not know Oh yeah, I don't know if we've ever said that. No, we're we're in Massachusetts. Kind of central mass. <laughs> Anyways, mm-hmm. um we're super lucky and we're gonna discuss this and hopefully get some of them on here. But we're super lucky to train with some of the literally the best, the world's best. Literally. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a little cue for, you know, all the people out there that want to be on our podcast, you, you know, start looking at your calendars. <laughs> Anywho, the premium, Um, not always easy to find. We're happy to help you. I love digging through agility stuff for people. So um, startlinepod at gmail.com. That's our email, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Feel free. So anyways, you get the premium. You read the premium. On the last page of the premium will be your entry form. Now, for the first several years until – shout out to Nina Daniel. Until I knew Woo-woo. about – until i knew about a i would call it a software it's a pdf generator called oaklines.com i was writing these hand these forms out by hand can that, we just uh, mention the fact that we have a lot of information to write
0: on those premium, on those entry forms we have a lot
1: of information not only do you have to write their sex their their height their date their country of origin you have to write their, their sire and their name. dam their sire and their dams registered name their registered name and if you're like debbie and have acquired some titles not just in agility it gets very long it's very long so oak lines you enter your information in and it populates it for you you just have to enter in the club the date the amount and click on the boxes for the classes. I mean, game changer. Game changer. So you find your premium. Now you got to read your premium because you got to go through and you got to find out. So if you're a novice person, there are a lot of classes that novice can now enter. You can enter Premiere, which I don't recommend unless you're trialing at the Premier level. I just I don't. I think the connection is really great with your pet, your, your dog, but I just I find it tough and very. Um, yeah. Some of them are disconjoined and they're just. They're tough. They're tough for my very experienced dog. Uh, they're fun. Um, I think they're good when you're novice A and you're you're maybe you're working through some handling things and you want to try stuff out. Great. But if you're novice, don't hold off on that class. Um, I think fast and time to beat are pretty decent to enter. Time to beat, you're going to have to deal with yeah. 12, twelve poles. Um, but I like them particularly when they come before your standard and open. That gives you a chance to see what your dog is going to be like, potentially. Um, get the yahoos out. What get I the yahoos out. And can we discuss FEO? So, oh, it's the best thing ever. In your premium, it will have to list whether that trial is offering for exhibition only. FEO. Which means you can bring an approved toy. Please go on the AKC website and look those up. Yeah, we don't know all the rules. There's a lot of I them. know some of them, but then they just change because it can't be a toy and a stick, and it can be a ball and a thing, but it can't roll out of the ring, and it, it can't leave your hand. It can't leave your hand. And it can't be a water bottle because they crackle too much and blah, blah, blah. Lots of rules. Look them up. Just bring a tug toy. Bring a tug toy. You'll be safe. Um. So, yeah, for for exhibition only, but I wouldn't recommend entering fast if it is the first class of the day and your novice jumpers class that you entered that you, as your first you know counted class is until after all of the masters that's a great
0: point that's a great
1: point so you do want to look at the run order for the class order and by that i mean some trials will do fast master standard premier standard masters jumpers premier jumpers then open jumpers then novice jumpers Mm -hmm. now that's like I mean, I am not kidding. Six to seven hours that your dog would have run at fast and then not run again. That is Easily. a lot. A sitting around, I am all about, and we're going to discuss acclimating to a trial. But that's a long, long time. Yeah, that's a long time for your dogs to be sitting in a crate or in the car, or
0: you know, doing stuff with them. Sure, but it's still it's it's a it's a mentally they're they're on all day. The dogs, you know, unless they really understand how to relax in their crate, which is a great thing to teach your dog. Mm-hmm. But they are. They are on all day. And it, it can be very mentally draining, especially for a young and inexperienced dog. You tend to not get the success that you want to see when you have to wait that long between runs. And, and, you, and depending on your travel time, I mean, our most most popular place to trial is an hour and 15 minute drive for me. So half the time I'm getting up at five, you know, five o'clock in the morning to make that trip to get there for a certain time. And if I'm a novice dog, if I get there for 8am or 7am for fast, and then I'm not running again until three or 4pm, they've, they've been up since 5am with
1: you. So you got to factor that in too. Yeah, I agree with that. So look at the class, Order. Make sure you understand that. Now, throw a little wrench in this. Is um, fast now runs multiple levels. So instead of it being masters, excellent, open, novice, it now runs all together by height. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: I did witness a novice person. I felt really badly for her. Almost miss her fast run because she had calculated that the master's people would go first and there was something like forty or fifty dogs. So she calculated to be there, oh, you know. No. Yeah. So she didn't get to walk the course. She didn't end up figuring it out. She you know, whatever. But that's so we'll talk about that too. But just class order first. Start with that. Read the premium, get to the class order. Well Until you really understand judges, too, I also now really start to look at judges. Um, We have these wonderful groups available to us, Agility Critique and Go With The Flow. Those are two Facebook groups I highly recommend joining. Um, Very different fields, Agility Critique. It has critique in the name. You can expect some critiquing. Um, Go With The Flow is a little bit more open, positive, flowy. I mean, they're aptly named. You can go on there and you can look at the maps of the judges. Now, some judges can build, and this is, trust me, if I ever become a judge one day, y'all can beat me up. I'm not here to beat up a judge, but some judges do a really great job of building a master's course, and then they do what's called nesting off of that, meaning they try and make the open and novice course very little building off of that. So they might change an angle, take out a jump, but they're relatively the same. As the master's mm-hmm. course which by the time you get down to novice can end up being pretty choppy or weirdly open or a weird angle to the weave poles um, yeah it doesn't always work well yeah so look at these judges maps and see if you can get your hands on the novice and open maps or whatever level you're in and just say oh I can envision myself in my training facility running through that and doing okay or you can look at it and go "Ew, I don't know that's a little tough now each judge builds a different map for each trial, so you can't fully judge them on that one map or the few maps you get your hands on. But generally, And you got to look at the spacing too that they're that correct. they're dealt. You got to look at the the facility. But as you go through your journey, do do definitely look at judges. Um, it's something that I'm I'm more interested in now. I have my favorite judges. You, you know, you can guess. So, um, all right. So then we get to run order. Well, no, because that's after you've entered. Let's go to... Well, All right, so we've mailed our entry. We've mailed our entry. We have filled it out. We've signed it. Don't forget to sign it. Yep, and you snail mail it. You snail mail or it. Or unless you're in, in part of the country that you are blessed with online entry. Well, there is a company called Lab Tested, I believe it is, that allows you to pay a very nominal fee. I think it's $10 a year um, or maybe a month. I'm not sure. And you can enter on it you still you can enter online, you mail your check, and they send it all to the secretaries. Oh. Um I'm not a hundred I've never used it. I'm not a hundred percent first on that because we have different secretaries in our area, but um if you're fortunate, there are a fortunate few of you that get to do online entries. You're blessed. <laughs> Just we're jealous. We're jealous. <laughs> because every other sport you can do online entries. <laughs>
0: And also get your results day of sometimes. Yes, yes.
1: So anyways, we'll go um, into, we'll yeah, go into so that you later. Yeah,
0: so you mail your entry. Now you wait. Um, did you get in? Did you not? And then um, I, I don't believe I can speak for all trial secretaries. We do have um, some good trial secretaries that will send an email that confirms you have received a spot in that trial. Um And then what they do is they will tell you what you entered. You verify that information Mm -hmm. and look for any any errors because human error, it happens. Um, Especially uh, depending on your handwriting and all of that, make sure that it's all legible. Make sure that they they got all the information correct. Um, And then usually the week of, you will get a final confirmation. And you double check again to make sure you're... Your registration number is accurate, your class information is all is all confirmed. And that's when it kinda you kinda get some of the nitty gritty details. Like the doors for the facility will open at this time. Remember, this is our class order. This is we're gonna be running um, big to little today or little to big. So that's always something to factor in. Um, look at your walkthroughs. You know, for novice, you only usually get one walkthrough for your classes, but you should at least know, um, If the height, you know, if the height order is going from big to little and you have a 24-inch dog, chances are you're going to be the first dog on the line. So you have to make sure you prepare for that because you're not going to get a whole lot of time after your walkthrough to make sure your dog is ready um, with those smaller classes. So um, lots of things to factor in. And um, then we go on to planning, you know, getting to the trial. Um, What time should we get to the trial?
1: So... The secretaries generally post a confirmation. It'll either be emailed to you or they put it on their website or both. And that's generally, I've had it as close as two days before the trial. I've had it as far out as a week. Um, So be on the lookout for that because, you know, you're bored at work and what's more exciting than an agility trial confirmation coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you want to find your dog in the run order and remind yourself by checking your initial receipt as to what classes you entered. Oh, that's a very good point. Have a system when you enter. The ma- Things can get lost in the mail. Mistakes can happen at your hand, at the secretary's hand. I document everything that I enter, I put into oh, Google yeah. Calendar. I write what classes I entered, when I mailed it, what check I paid for, um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> but that's enough. Um, so I, just so I keep track, so I can look at my calendar and then I can click on that date and say, oh, when did I enter this? um so that's very important so okay so you get your confirmation or you view it on their website and it will give you a run order and that is literally the list of dogs running in the order that they're running now the confirmation will say say Saturday is big to little it'll say 4 to 24 and Sunday will be 24 to 4 your confirmation may or may not be in that exact order sometimes those get a little backwards but you can still calculate um so I believe I heard and Michelle correct me if I'm wrong that for standard you want to calculate fifty seconds per dog, and for jumpers you want to calculate twenty seconds per dog. That generally incorporates the thirteen minute walk through because you've got eight minutes for walk, five minutes for to first dog, and then it's generally about twenty to thirty minutes for a build. Is that how you would? What's what are your calculations?
0: So I was I I think it's similar. I was told um, to uh, plan for. 60 dogs an hour for jumpers and 40 dogs an hour for standard. And that's also supposed to include the walkthroughs and the builds and all of that. And it, and it generally tends to be a relatively accurate number
1: from, from what I've seen. I mean, don't run it down to the minute and things do tend to run more late. I've been at more trials that run late than they run early, but I've had a few trials. I'm like, wow, we are cooking. So it depends on your It depends on your builders. Um, Please volunteer to build. It depends on you know, the judge. Yeah, and how the club and volunteers and correct. If there's a long, there are briefing, a lot of factors. If there's an assess. There's something called an obsessive walk, where you are actually only allowed to walk the course per your walk height, which is listed in the premium. Uh, or sorry, the confirmation. However, sometimes judges, while they're wheeling, will allow a mass amount of people to just walk and obsess the course. I particularly use that time to walk my dog's path. Um, yep, me too. Too many people tend to be in the handler path. So, I walk my dog's path and use that time to do that so that I have my 8 minutes to walk my path. So, um yeah, so that's the general idea for calculating when to get there. So, let's just I'm gonna, I'm not good at math. Neither Michelle nor I are good at math. Nope. So, um we'll just do a quick let's say there's 70 dogs in it's masters standard first masters in excellent and then there's 16 dogs in jumpers, in, sorry, in open standard. So 70 plus 16, so that's 86. And Michelle, what was your formula? 60 for jumpers? Do- yeah, no, for standard, we're in standard. Standard is 40 dogs an hour. Okay, so 86 divided by 40. So we have two hours and 15 minutes before we would need to be there for our class. That sounds about right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So I would maybe just back it down to two hours and plan to get there, if the trial started at 8, I'd plan to get there at 10. Um, you're most likely probably going to be a little later than that. But 70 dogs for masters is pretty low. That's a low number. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how you would calculate. Do keep in mind that for your first trial, you will need to be measured. Now, there are – measuring was probably my biggest fear thing. Um Trials. Yeah, we both had dogs on the on the edge. So yeah, yeah, Debbie. They tried to put her in twenty four. Um, that was probably. Riley jumped twenty for what three four years. Yeah, Riley should not have been twenty. Um, but you know what? She still kicked ass. She did. She did. So you have to get measured at least a half an hour before your class. So I always recommend it would be great to get recommended measured during the open class or while they're building for the novice. That's as close as I would cut Mm -hmm. it. And I think
0: um, they I think they usually list on the premium or on the website or somewhere that uh measuring will usually start a half hour before before the class starts,
1: yep, um but definitely don't don't cut it close, don't cut it close. it upsets other people, including the judge, and it's 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 a hassle and you want your dog to be relaxed, measuring can be a little frightening. um I would go take your dog and warm them up if they need to be so that they're relaxed and not stiff and measuring into a class they shouldn't be in so. You want to get measured, and um, on the premium, it will list if there's a VMO, which is a volunteer measuring officer, which is somebody that can actually record um, your height card or your temporary measurement. Or yeah, the-
0: We're going to go through a whole, I think, a whole
1: episode on the measuring process and challenges and all that, yes. too. So. so anyways, every judge can measure. It just isn't um, permanently recorded unless a VMO does the measurements, and we'll go into more details about that, but if it's your very first trial... You gotta get measured. All right, so we've arrived at the trial. We're there 45 minutes to an hour in advance. We found the judge who was sitting there taking a little break, and we told her we need to be measured, and she said, okay, I'll do it after this next class. Now what do we do? I think, uh, I think
0: now what we should do is um, make sure that we go over to our check-in area Um, usually that area has the run order printed. So it'll be the run order that you saw, um, in advance. And usually it's broken down by, uh, by class. So you're going to find your classes that you're entered in. Let's just say novice standard. You're going to find your dog, check yourself in, literally just check yourself in saying you're here. Um, Like literally
1: put a check next to your name.
0: Yep. (laughs) And then from there, uh, it's a good idea to find your maps. So, depending on the trial, um, what tends to be pretty popular in our area is they tend to separate out the novice and open maps, and they will leave them in a separate location, usually with the trial secretary, um, and that's mainly because they don't want the maps to get taken by some of the excellent master's people that are looking for the maps, but that's a whole nother.
1: Well, excellent but <laughs> excellent masters, people take them for two reasons. One, they're blind and they didn't bother to read. <laughs> I have to admit, I have pretty good eyes and some of those maps, it is very difficult to read if it yeah. says masters, excellent, open, it is difficult. And other people take them because they're teachers and they want maps for their classes. No doubt. There's people that take them. Don't take them. Don't be that person if you're listening. Yeah, don't take them. Take a screenshot with your f- phone and print it later.
0: Yeah. So once you, uh, then you get your map that way you can see in advance what your course is going to be like. You can kind of get a feel for how you want to handle it. Um, you know, and kind of that way you're a little bit prepared when you get eventually to your walkthrough. So once you do that, you're pretty much situated. You're, you're good to go. You're checked in, you're ready to run. Um, at this point now, what I would do is I would start focusing on my dog and I would make sure that they, are as comfortable as they can be in this area, especially if it's a new um, facility or a new environment for them. Um, you wanna acclimate them. So let them look at things, let them wander around, let them observe agility happening, make like sure they kinda understand why we're here and they see the scenes and even if it's a, a familiar training facility, it could be this training facility that you train at every week, but when it's set up for a trial, it's a totally different picture for your dog it is a different scenario. There's a different energy in the building. They understand that there's a difference between coming here every week for class when you're relaxed. You're now nervous. You're in this trial environment. There's a ton more dogs. There's a ton more people. There's a speaker yelling go. There's all these different things go. happening. There's people cheering just like that. <laughs> and, you know, it's a, it's definitely a different picture for them. So even if you think they're familiar with the, with the environment, take them in early. Let them acclimate. And I'm not saying, you know, work, you know, work, attention, work by all means, but acclimate. What we really mean is let the dog observe things happening. Let them take in the environment. And so that way they can look around and understand there are things happening here. And, you know, and they may still be nervous. They may still get excited, but it's definitely a good idea to let them
1: let them see what's going on. With a small caveat, (laughs) do not do so. When other dogs are running. Oh, yeah. So one of the best things you can do is bring your dog ringside. Um, You can even click and treat for attention during walkthroughs or during course builds. Do not. And I'm a huge clicker proponent. Do not bring your clicker, your squeaky toy, your water bottle down ringside while they're running. I know it seems like a great idea, and it is, but that's where... that's just a, a novice you have to understand other exhibitors are running. And so I think those are things that just slip our minds. I've seen people do it completely accidentally, and I've right. seen people that should know better playing with their squeaky toy next to the ring when they shouldn't be. So, um definitely acclimate, but you have to it's it's really hard to be a novice. I don't want to overwhelm you. It can seem overwhelming. It's really hard to be a novice at a trial because there's so many moving pieces to put together. But if you just think about what's going on, I know you have little to no idea what's going on because you're brand new there. But if you can just think about how the trial runs, like what are they doing now? Is this the time to bring my dog down? And I think one of the the best things to kind of get an idea for that is if you go to an ACT, which is the um, agility. So AKC has allowed you to garner titles in a quieter easier environment that's just essentially novice people is for dogs It's like a pre-novice yeah it's dogs that haven't achieved is it any title or is it i think they can have their novice titles can they we have to look up the rules on that but if you don't have any agility titles on your dog please look at acts and also what are called run-throughs run-throughs are usually paid tried paid triads where you go each each uh, facility runs them differently some you have to pre-register, some you can show up night of, some you can get you can sign up for one to three runs, some you get two, some you get 60 seconds in the ring, some you get 90, but either way they're allowed, they're meant to be like trial environments so that your dog can try Like mock trials mock trials. I highly highly, 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 highly recommend going to those first. You won't have the nerves that you do at a trial but your dog will at least be able to see the training facility in a different environment in a different way. Yeah. It won't be quiet like 6 o'clock on a Tuesday night. It will be loud and boisterous. Um, so that's very important. So, but acclimation is key. Please, please do it. Please let your dog see things. Um, you know, maybe walk them by as the go speaker is going off, but don't give, you know, just be quick about it. Uh, I had a go problem for a long time. I actually had to record it because Debbie would whip back around and want to try and find that go person. Where is that go person? <laughs> they kept yelling at me. <laughs> um. so yeah but that's that's important and then um, you're going to want to put your dog away and let them rest for a little bit which can be challenging even my dogs don't sleep as much as I would like them to I feel badly because sometimes they're dead asleep and I walk by and they pop up I love to see my dogs napping um, you know it's very important that they get their rest during the day yeah. and, and it's a
0: great idea to make sure you build good crate etiquette and behavior yes before coming to a trial. I think that's really important. Um, I think it's a skill that is not utilized Crate enough. your dogs.
1: Yes. Crate <laughs> your dogs at class. None of my, well, one of my students crates their dogs at class. Please crate your dogs at class. Either bring your own. Most facilities are really cool about having guest crates. Use them. Yeah. Let them, let them understand that
0: crates are places for them to relax and hang out. That way that you, the first time they see, you know, they're seeing the crate other than being at home or wherever is at a trial and they're super excited. They're super pumped up about being here. Let them understand that crates are for relaxation because you want your dog to rest. Like we said, if you end up there for, you know, an eight hour day, you want your dog resting. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have a mentally sound dog. If they're up and at it for eight hours and they're not given a chance to rest, you're not going to have the success that you want to see in your run later on. Yep. I I mean, just think of it as like an overtired toddler, you know, they've just been on all day and they just, they, they just don't have the mental capacity and it's just, it's just, it's unfair to, to ask that of them. So teach the crate etiquette and teach the crate behavior, please. Or, you know, even if like you're crating out of your car, you're working out of your car, make sure your dog is comfortable in the car, make sure they're comfortable Wherever they're being and that it's not something new to them
1: the day that you go to your very first trial. Very good point. So now that your dog is rested, it's getting closer and closer to trial time, to your time to be up. So every trial is supposed to have a practice jump. Um, It's funny. So I've learned over the years I can't use practice jumps with Debbie. Um, I've tried. They tend to just make her a little bit more weary and also, when I do a practice jump, I think it's fair that I would give my dog a reward for the jump. If I give Debbie a reward within, you know, 15 minutes of her run, huh. her brain explodes. And this took me a long time to figure out. I, It sounds weird. And there's some other people out there like this. I cannot give Debbie treats before the run. I can't. Um, I can stay engaged. I can tug. I can run around with her. I can stretch her out. I can let people pet her, particularly children, because she loves them. But I have learned, and this is part of your routine that you will learn, I have learned Mm -hmm. I cannot give Debbie treats before her run. I have learned I must give Walter treats before his run. I must have him do behaviors. And that's the other thing. I would work closely with your trainer and decide what behaviors might be best to do for your dog. Sometimes you want upping behaviors, behaviors that get them aroused. Sometimes you want calming behaviors like a high five, a sit, a down, um, that is between you and, and your trainer, or you and knowing your dog and what's best for them. Um, yeah, Riley
0: does. Uh, Riley does. She has to have food. Yeah, she's the same way. If she doesn't have food and she's watching watching the dogs run agility before her, she just loves agility so much she just gets too pumped, and I don't have her head anymore. So I have to keep her focused with food. We do tricks. So we do a lot of cool tricks. We'd like to we'd like to play play dead roll over, you know, sit up, high five. She does all that kind of stuff. I taught her
1: how to bark. You know, we do a lot of different behaviors. So every dog is different on what they need. Yep, so practice your routine. Um, That will just take time. That's where the run-throughs and the ACT trials will help because you can kind of see what worked, what got your dog jazzed, what got your dog too jazzed. Um, I run a friend's And it also,
0: you know, it also... um It also helps, I think, settle the dog. So if you Mm -hmm. do the same routine that you do in class that you have developed and that you've come up with, and, you know, and the routine will change, absolutely. It may not be the exact same one. But at the very least, if you try to do that same routine that you developed in class before you walk and do your your thing in class and you come to a trial and do the same thing, then they're kind of like, oh, okay, we do this.
1: Yep. So develop your crate to ring routine. And then also develop your ring to crate routine. So, um, Debbie knows that there's no treats prior to the, the ring. She knows that she must perform in the ring. And then she knows that afterwards we do run quite speedily to her yep. crate. Um, I don't advise, I, yeah, I don't advise that there are a couple dogs that do that. Um, it's not my favorite thing. I, I do try and be mindful of other people cause you know, you're rushing by, there are some dogs that another dog rushing by can be um, disruptive, especially when you're flying by crates. I actually particularly crate Debbie near the stairs, near an edge, so I don't have to run by too many people or disturb many people. But that's her thing. She knows we do what's called a hot lap. We go back to her crate, she pushes open her door, and then I grab her treats, and then we we kind of walk around and work off the lactic acid. That's our thing. You know, So each, start to really focus on your routine because it's important, as Michelle said, for so many reasons. One, it's a routine. It lets your dog know exactly what, it's predictive. Um, So I highly recommend a routine. But now the question is, When do you start your routine? So you have to find what's called a marker dog. And again, for each person, this is gonna be different. For each dog, this is gonna be different. You have to figure out when your dog can come down and be ready. So Debbie for standard, it's about five dogs. I bring her down. We kind of wait around, we chat with our friends. I do some attention stuff with her. I try and tug with her. With Walter, it can be anywhere from five to seven. I do attention, I do treats. I don't talk to other people. Um, I really need his attention on me. And sometimes I'll go out and I'll do a quick tinkle with him because he, you know, he's a boy. So each yeah, dog see, is... I'm quite, I'm quite the
0: opposite. <laughs> Riley, um, oh, I, this, I think pee.
1: it's... She has to pee.
0: Yes, she has to pee. And, and most likely she has to poop before every run. Um, and I think at this point, um, it's probably more of a superstition from me. That is the routine that we have developed that we leave. you know, I take her out about 15, 20 dogs beforehand. We go out, we potty, and we don't go back in the crate. We stay out, you know, that's when we start doing our stretching and our tricks and all that routine. Um, Sirius is is actually very similar to, to Debbie, where I can bring him out about four or five in advance. And actually, I found by through experiment that that works better for him. The yep. less time he has between the crate and going in the ring is actually better for him. Yep, and that's my Phoenix.
1: Phoenix does well if I bring her out relatively, you know, Three to four dogs for standard. Jumpers, I like to leave a little bit more time because it goes so quickly. It's a much faster class. So Debbie, I'll bring her down six to seven dogs. Walter, I'm more like seven to eight. Um, And I have to bring Phoenix down. And Phoenix, I still am working on her routine, actually. So I play around with her. I, she likes to be beat up. She likes to just be pinched and poked, and she mm-hmm. just likes it. She likes to tug. Um, but sometimes she'll shut down. I need to give her food. I'm still messing around with her routine. But... Um, it's important to know who your marker dog is. And what that means is that's the dog that you see running that cues you time to get my dog out. And then you need to plan how long it takes you to get your dog out. So even though I don't break Debbie down until five dogs prior to standard, she has to come out of her crate. I generally at the wintertime have to take her jacket off. She stretches, Mm -hmm. then I stretch her, then she stretches, then I say a couple little weird things to her. We have a whole little song and dance upstairs. We haven't even gone downstairs yet. Um so then by the time we get downstairs, we have a whole nother process because I've got to wet her feet when we're on the turf. So these are all things, again, not to overwhelm you, but we're kind of like baseball players when (laughs) you see them doing their, you know, OCD routine where they lick their finger, touch their cap, you know tap their shoulder five times. I mean, this is similar in a way it is superstitious. Mhm. But because we've tested it, we know that this for our dog team works. Yeah. So, yeah, so marker Yeah, dog. and and
0: okay. Yeah, when you're um when you're a novice um and this is, you know, one of your your first trial, uh chances are depending on the jump height that your your dog is jumping, um you may not even have six or seven dogs ahead of you. Um, So it'll be very different I think when you're a novice versus as you establish yourself and you kind of work your way up into the excellent masters where you have more dogs sometimes. Sometimes you're the first dog. Um, But with novice too, like let's just say you're running a 24 inch dog and they're jumping 24 to four that day. Chances are you're probably the first dog or one of the first couple dogs. So you have to factor in you have an eight minute walkthrough and then you have five minutes to first dog, so if you're the first dog, you know you have five minutes now to get your dog ready, so five minutes all goes different quickly. things it definitely it does takes
1: at least a minute for you to pee just so you know depending on where the bathroom is you're if gonna you're, be having a nervous pee yeah, oh, you're gonna have nervous pee it is uh, you are not broken, your kidneys are fine. you will pee a <laughs> hundred times in your first trial. I still pee too much. it's total nervous pee, yeah, yeah um, and then the only other thing after that so. Go in the ring. I had a very, I believe it was Michelle Fletcher, my very first trial, she said, stress out there, fun in here. And we've got a lot of judges that have a lot of good sayings, but that one as a novice handler really hit me because you paid all this money. Your dog didn't choose to sign up. You chose to do this journey with your dog. The most important thing you can do is have fun in the ring. If you mess up, your dog messes up, so what so what so you're not going to get your green Q ribbon who cares you pay the 25 bucks either way so i beg people to just have fun i see so many novice people go in they mess up or their dog messes up and they go ugh, and they get so upset fake it until you make it for your dog's sake Mm -hmm. that's 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 just super important because you don't want to poison agility for your dog and by poison agility i mean things go wrong whether it's them or you and you then start to have negative feelings and associations towards a mistake, and then the dog starts to predict those and then fears them, and then starts to get yicky feelings because they're sentient yeah. beings about agility and i've watched I've watched several dogs shut down I've watched several teams go away. they can't do agility anymore because agility got poisoned, so don't be that person, enjoy the run, have fun um and then the yeah, I think both of us are kind of in the same
0: mindset of. The dog should never know there was a mistake.
1: Yes, and I've gotten better about that. I was terrible as a novice. I was terrible. I feel I'm so glad Debbie is who she is, Um, but I feel terrible for a lot of the ways I acted around Debbie. When a it was my fault to begin with, but even if it was her fault, that's just she didn't ask to be there. She didn't sign that form or fill out that complicated premium that she had to mail in. Online entries. (laughs) Online entries. Online entries. (laughs) um so keep that in mind it really is just about the fun i know it's easier said than done because i still get nervous please Uh i still get nervous um go have fun in the ring and then the coolest thing afterwards is when you come out of the ring results so depending on the secretary they might be digital they might be printed later or you might get what's called the carbon copy of your score sheet um, and that will ha- hopefully, hopefully fingers crossed, have no numbers or, or no letters on it. Um, but sometimes you get some letters, and that's okay, particularly a novice, you can have a wrong course, a refusal, a table fault, you can have all of those all together in a standard run and still qualify. Yeah, and in a jumper's run, you can have two refusals and still qualify. Yeah. So no wrong courses. No wrong courses. Just don't drop the bars and make sure you get all your contacts. Yep. Don't bank on that because it's not a good way to get through the the (laughs) your titles because then eventually you run out of availability of faults. Um, but don't panic and don't think about. I mean, um, one of my dogs that I bred, Henry, is out with his novice A owner. He's a novice A dog and he's not an easy novice A dog. Everybody knows Walter and the Walter Show. If he were my novice a hey, dog, I'd be in the same boat as, as Henry and Jürgen are. And Jürgen went out and laid down a nice run. And just towards the end, it was a little bit of a collision of the the dog and the handler. <laughs> um, they converged on each other's paths, and Jürgen, the human, went down into a nice fall. It was actually quite graceful. It was impressive. It was very impressive. And he got back up, and he didn't touch his dog, and he had the wits about him to send his dog back over the jump. And they qualified first place. Technically a clean run, but that's thinking on your feet. um So be able to do that. The dog didn't know; he thought it was cute. He was, and he stayed connected. So he did. Yeah. So, anyways, I just want you guys to enjoy the time with your dog. But if you want to know how you did, because a lot of times you might think you end cute, things might not have gone well, but that little piece of paper tells you differently, and that's fine. Um, You know, you definitely do want clean runs and you you want to improve. But um, enjoy checking your results. But often, if you can't get your results that day for some reason or other, but you should be able to, because you want to walk away with your printed sticker. Everybody gives you a printed sticker. Because you want to check that against um, any printed results so that when it goes to the AKC to get finalized, you have the correct results. Because again, we're all human. The secretaries are human. Um, But yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much a trial. Meet people, talk to people. Oh no, what happened? What do you mean? What's wrong? Kara, are you there? I'm here. And I can still hear you. Oh no. Your headphones died. We're going to cut this short. (laughs) Well, we we were finished anyways, but... Michelle is dealing with a technical difficulty. I will say goodbye for the evening. Michelle and I are going to see each other at a trial. She's probably texting me right now. But anyways, take care, guys. Hope everybody enjoyed our third episode of Start Line Podcast. We're so excited to have you guys here with us, and we hope you continue to listen. Um, Obviously, when you heard that Michelle and I were um, going to a trial the next day, that was not – this was not – recorded during the pandemic. Things have happened quickly and I'm certain many of you will listen to this after the pandemic and I can't wait to learn how things are different. But right now, we are busy getting these episodes out to you because we have the time, but we are currently shopping and looking for some sponsors. So we are happy to recommend A lot of quality products that we use, training items, collars, anybody that's interested in supporting us, we would love to support you. So feel free to reach out to us at startlinepod at gmail.com. Otherwise, I hope you have a fabulous day and I look forward to the other side of COVID-19.